Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 as we explore and explain biblical prophecy. Today, we're going to be talking about the little season in Revelation chapter 20. You know, this little season is often an overlooked aspect of biblical prophecy. And in fact, uh, some of the systems or understandings or schools of prophecy other than St. Augustine's in Revelation 20 kind of downplay it or it doesn't really fit in with their overall scheme. In fact, it can really mess up some schemes. But in any case, we're looking at the little season of Revelation 20, and we've been studying St. Augustine's City of God, Book 20. And critical for understanding all of biblical prophecy is Revelation 20. And in simply 11 pages of St. Augustine's City of God, again, Book 20 and chapters 6 through 15 cover Revelation 20 very detailed, but only 11 pages. I personally will value these 11 pages over any other stack of books on eschatology or biblical prophecy. Uh, I think there's one DVD set on the book of Revelation out there for $129. I much prefer these 11 pages of St. Augustine. It's good it digs into it. It's detailed enough um, to really get the meaning of the text, but it doesn't stray from, from Scripture, and it's something that really anybody could understand if you put your mind to it. So just real quick review. We're in the City of God, book 20. We looked at chapter 6, which is only two pages, and there we found uh, St. Augustine using John chapter 5 that there are two resurrections, the first resurrection, the second resurrection. Then we went from chapter 6 to chapter 7, and we looked at the same two resurrections, this time in a little tougher-to-understand portion of Scripture, Revelation 20. Again, chapter 7 is only two pages, but these, these are so important. I mean, I struggled for years wandering in the wilderness without chapter 6 and 7 because without asking the questions about what is the millennium or the thousand years really like in Revelation 20, you can be in the wrong school of prophecy and asking the wrong questions. If you get this, you've really got it. You, you've got the overall framework to understand biblical prophecy. Then we looked of the binding that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 20. It says, starting in verse 1, an angel comes down from heaven holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain, seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And that binding, to understand that binding, we looked at last episode at Mark 3 about the strong man entering a strong man's house, plundering it, but he has to first bind the strong man before he can plunder his house. The house is the whole world, particularly the Gentile nations. 
and they're under the dominion of Satan. And so the binding, Revelation 20 says, that for the purpose that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended. And St. Augustine says, by the chain and prison house, this is picturing the devil prohibited and restrained from seducing the nations, okay? Now, the question arises, and the criticism of those following St. Augustine's viewpoint, which is called amillennialism, the 1,000 years saying, well, St. Augustine and the amillennialist, uh, they don't take Revelation 20 literally, blah, 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 blah. And they just go on, make a big deal about this. Now, if you want to see some embarrassed looking faces, when somebody says that to you, say, well, let's just turn the page in the book of Revelation. Okay, we're in chapter 20. They're saying, you're not taking this literally. So turn the page to Revelation 21. And in the last half of verse 16 of Revelation 21, it says that there is the new Jerusalem, and it's a cube. Length, width, and height are all the same, 12,000 stadia. Now, are you going to live in a cube for all eternity that happens to be between 1,400 and 15 miles high? That's 7 million feet high, the walls of the city you're going to live in. Is that exactly what you literally expect eternity to be like? They said, well, no. Well, you're not taking it literally. Why take one number literally and insist on it rather than looking in its context? So in any case, that's how I deal with the 1,000 years. So we've gone through chapter 6, chapter 7. When we get to chapter 8, St. Augustine's going to talk about the loosing of the devil and the little season. Again, from Revelation 20 and verse 3, put him in the pit, sealed it, shut it, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be loosed for a little while. This is also called the little season. In other words, there's this very long season signified by the thousand years. And at the end of that period, and this is the church age, at the end of that, Satan is loosed. Now, what happens when he's loosed? Well, the very opposite of when he is bound. And this is where we read in verse 7, when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be loosed from his prison and come out to deceive the nation which are at the four corners of the earth. So if he was bound to first coming of Christ so that he couldn't deceive the nations so that the Great Commission could actually take place and the church could grow universally, at the end of a long period of time, this church age, when that happens, Satan will again be released and have power to bring deception over the unbelieving world and those who are just playing church. They will be deceived. So that's what the little season is. And I just need to mention very quickly, it says, he will come out and deceive the nations which are at the four corners of the earth, that is Gog and Magog, 
If you haven't heard yet, all the Rapture at Any Moment people are coming out of the woodwork on YouTube and being reported in national papers and everything saying that the Ukrainian uh, war where Russia is going in, well, Russia is mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It is not, but there's a Hebrew word Rus, R-U-S, and they claim that's Russia that'll come down and invade Israel according to their scheme. Unfortunately, they skip, and it's universal, they skip Revelation 20, which also talks about Gog and Magog, which Ezekiel talks about in 38 and 39. But John modifies and reuses, so to speak, in a contemporary sense, the teaching of Gog and Magog. And it's no longer just nations to the north. Now they come from the four corners of the earth. It's universal, the four points of the compass. And so uh, the people proclaiming that Ukrainian conflict is just leading up to invasion of Israel, I'm saying according to biblical prophecy, is insane. Uh, It's delusional and it's not true. All right. What is this little season? If you want to pair a very, very important chapter of the Bible for biblical prophecy with Revelation 20 in that little season, what exactly is it? It's the exact same thing that we read about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 about the great apostasy where St. Paul says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's talking about the second coming, that don't be quickly shaken in mind to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. And what St. Paul is saying is the same thing that St. John is saying in Revelation 20. I think St. Paul is actually a little clearer in 2 Thessalonians 2, but we're talking about a great falling away, a great deception of a large part of the earth. When you think for 2,000 years the gospel has spread its light over the world, and there will come a little season at the end of that long age, well, darkness will again encompass the world. And I'll be sharing with you something from C.S. Lewis that that darkness may be even more profound and worse than the pagan darkness before Christ came. Because once you know Christ and turn your back on him, you're in a whole different category. But here's something to, to remember. Revelation 20 is critical for understanding all of biblical prophecy. And there is only one paragraph or one section of the Catechism of the Catholic Church that cites Revelation 20 in its footnotes for what it says. And it's the Catechism, section 677. And it says that the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled then not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil. Reference footnote 580 from Revelation 20, 
and verse 7. There's a very common declaration made by authors and speakers and teachers and broadcasters, and it's in a large measure true. I call it the bounce-back theology of Catholic history. The church has gone through dark times, and it seems to bounce back. She in herself is kind of like Jesus, her, his death and resurrection. She comes back to life unexpectedly. But what I don't hear, or at least hear enough, that there's one huge exception to the bounce-back theology of Catholic history, and that's what we're talking about right here in Revelation 20 with the little season and the Catechism, paragraph 677. It's not by a glorious historic triumph of the church. Um, The final unleashing of evil is going to look like it's going to snuff us out, that the light in the world is literally going to go out, and at that time, Christ returns. So what we need to be aware of, there's one exception to the bounce-back theory, and that's the little season. As a Catholic, I have heard so little about the little season, it's just anemic. And we need to be aware that there's a point in history where the devil is again unleashed. And according to 2 Thessalonians 2, which is a companion scripture to Revelation 20, St. Paul says that there's going to be a strong delusion sent on the world from God, and sometimes it's harder to perceive the present than the future or the past. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 274 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.